0: This is Nicole Aniston, and you're listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast.
1: This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer success. Visualize. who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate, and this is my podcast. Tanya Tate presents Skinfluencer Success. On today's show, when there's chaos, great change will follow. Also on the show, my special guest, Nicole Aniston, will share how she uses food and mindset to achieve her success. So I have some super amazing news. I have received some nominations, two nominations to be exact. Um, I'm celebrating. I got a creative business person of the year nomination in the X biz exec awards. So I guess I'm a woman with many talents. So I'm a publicist. I've been working with my company, Star Factory PR, and we work to strengthen clients, brands, recognition, and I'm a media personality. But this podcast that you're listening to right now Skinfluencer success. So here I get to discuss influencers' strategies and tactics to attain goals. And then, of course, my work as a performer is probably the most recognizable. With myself, I've been nominated and actually won several awards throughout my career and um, yeah so now I've added a nomination title to that creator business person of the year so super excited it's voted on by the members of xbiz so thank you to xbiz I'm thrilled with the nomination and of course I love being part of this industry it's just every day is just so exciting and there's just so many many opportunities that come my way and it's an honor that um, peers have been voting for me. Thank you, Xpress. And this podcast, Tanya Tate's Influencer Success, is also being nominated for... Favourite Adult Podcast in the 2023 AVN Awards. So I'm really excited about the AVN nomination. You know, the theme of the show, it's a journey of erotic influencers and positive measures they take to find success. So this one's actually voted on by fans. So thank you to all the fans that have been voting for Skinfluencer Success as their favorite adult podcast. So isn't that super exciting for 2023, an AVN nomination and an expert nomination. So for me, just finding different things to do, different challenges come along, and you've got to find something. And for me to continue doing my career... I'm always looking for different opportunities and, of course, this podcast being an opportunity. But it's even more amazing when you see those opportunities and you take them and then you get recognised for them. The world's always changing. I mean, adult creators, we're, we're always up against something. There's always something happening. And I don't really get too overwhelmed by it. I don't go too deep. But sometimes things are thrown at us, a curveball, and it's, suddenly it's chaos. For example, Twitter. <laughs> if any of you are listening now, you're like, Twitter, yes, yes, yes. Twitter can be an adult creator, somebody who makes content or is involved in movies, anything that's more of an X rated media. Twitter has always been our friend. But of course, sometimes, you know, the new CEO of Twitter comes in and throws curveballs at us. And when you run in a business, you know, sometimes decisions take time. Sometimes decisions are made quick if they need to be made quick. But most CEOs don't just throw something out of thin air and just throw it up and throw it out there and cause chaos for everyone that's involved and i'm not just talking chaos for people in the adult industry i'm just talking chaos in general like just making out rules like you can't post links to other websites you can't post your handle for other websites just just throwing it out there just putting it up and then chaos ensued and all hell breaks loose and then the next day it's like ooh Maybe we won't do that after all. And the rules, the new rules have disappeared. It's like we are getting these things thrown at us. And probably every single one of you that are listening right now, probably like, yeah, if they did change the rules on Twitter, it would affect you in some way or another. But what happened when Twitter looked like it was going down? I mean, it gives us a chance to just sit back and think, well, what other platforms are there out there that we can use so we can look at other successful platforms and look for different tools to try and get out there to appear in front of the fans but you've also got to find a workaround you know safer work videos on tiktok gotta do safer work but even sometimes still my very safer work stuff gets flagged but you're always thinking about ideas and opportunities and finding a way to keep moving forward. And again, just by making this podcast, I'm getting out there. I'm getting in front of an audience. I'm getting in front of fans. I'm getting in front of people that you can see me, whether it be on the major platforms, the podcast platforms, whether you're on Patreon or whether you're watching on YouTube. Or then again, other guests that I've interviewed, they're also tweeting out to their fans. So putting it out there to their fans, mentioning it online, talking about it. There's different ways that you can continue to market yourself even when you think the main ship's going down. I mean, there's, it's just chaos, isn't it? You, you just got to get through the other side of the chaos. I mean, even recently we've had a production hold on shooting. So this meant, you know, shoots that were lined up for everybody in the adult industry, they were all being cancelled. And there was some retesting and some... Tests and new tests and procedures that were put in place. The hold on production meant that people had to cancel shoots, had to rearrange things. And, you know, it's when you're a planner like myself, you know, you plan ahead and you know what you're doing. But then you've got to come up with plan B. So chaos ensued again. There was people don't know what's going on. What about this test and that test? Fast forward to the other side of it. The new tests and procedures, extra safety tests and procedures are there in place. And you know what? you just got to come up with plan B. So for me, I did have a shoot planned with Alexis Texas. And because when you're working in the adult industry, we're always extremely safe and we always go and get tested. And it's, you know, currently, the it's like every 14 days you would go and get a, a test just to make sure that, you know, you're healthy. And... So, because of the hold on the shooting, there were certain things that we couldn't do, certain interactions, certain intimacies, certain things you couldn't do, certain intimate things that you couldn't do because you know you're not sure whether this person's has a clean test, or maybe you're waiting for the test to come back or you're waiting for a retest to be done. So with Alexis Fox, she had her flight booked to come to l a and she had the location booked. And she wasn't going to get her money back on the location, and she said, "You know what? I'm just going to go ahead." So I said, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to come and meet up." So it turns out we we had a really great day. It's quite productive. If any of you are following us on TikTok, you will see um, a lot of fun stuff got got done. I was like, "Come on, teach me TikTok!" And it was like forty year old mums. Well, she's not a mum, but she's she's got dogs that counts. <laughs> I've got a kid. We we're like forty-year-old mums trying to do TikTok, and I mean, we're not cool kids. We're just having a go, and it's it's funny some of the stuff that we got on. It, it was it, it was a great day. So, if you are following me on TikTok, TikTok it, handle is Tanya Tate Tube, which is the same as my YouTube handle Tanya Tate Tube, and I think Alexis is. Is she plant mum af? I think she got deleted, so she started another one. It's I'm sure if you Google Plant Mum Alexis Fox, so she, uh, TikTok will come up. And I've also tagged her in. Go and look on my TikTok page and you'll you'll see. They they were a lot of fun. But you know what? That was Plan B. Plan B came up. We we had fun doing TikTok. And we also got to do um a video together, which um I'm gonna say the initial is J-O-I. It's for those that know what J O I means, you will be running to mine and Alexis Fox OnlyFans right now because that will be super exciting for you. So that is gonna be released. I, I love it because you do collaborations with other performers. So what's gonna happen? We're already tweeting about each other. We're already we're already on she's on her Instagram Instagramming about me. Of course, every time I got on Instagram they take me down. But we're on TikTok. It's just cross referencing cross in the fans, cross-promotion, cross-collaboration. This is what you've got to do. You've got to come up with plans. Things do get disorganized. and So there are times when it seems like everything's really disorganized and you don't know what's going on. But then come to the other side, and the other side becomes organization and change. I mean, let's be honest, there is chaos in the world in general. You can turn on the news, there's recession, strikes, unhappiness with life, politics, health. Everything's going up. The prices of food, the prices of gas, the prices of petrol, the prices of your energy bills, everything. It just everything's changing. And the world chaos, it can be viewed in a negative way. So you'll think about disturbance, confusion, disorganization, emotional stress, unhappiness. Well, after chaos, there are usually changes. And changes can be hard for some people to deal with. Change can be stressful. And it can be something happening that's not within our control. So unless you understand why it's happening and you can see the possible positive benefits, it can be a bit tricky to get through. So if you get to understand the why, then you're in a better place to accept it in a positive way. And in our world, it just brings so many different forms of chaos. And after chaos is change. But when it comes to chaos, it doesn't really matter what happens to you or why or where or how none of that really matters we're all here we're all on a journey we're all moving forward with life chaos is going to come but it's how you react how do you deal with it what do you decide to do about it and when there's so much movement around. The way to deal with it, with the chaos, is to keep that stillness inside of you. Keep the peace inside and stay calm. So what are you going to do to stay calm in the midst of chaos? Maintain your routine. Keep going on what you need to do. What are the things that you usually do? What are your routine? Keep yourself busy. Keep it going. It's just easier to just keep focusing on that. Sometimes you might need to take a break, you know, with the Twitter. Get off Twitter. Get off Twitter for the night because things change the next day. But sometimes you just need to take a break from it because if you're sitting there and you're thinking about the chaos, you've got a narrow vision and all you can think about is the chaos and what's it doing? You need to broaden, broaden your vision. Taking a break will just help you to just dissociate yourself Take yourself away from the chaos. Take yourself away from that narrow vision of the thoughts of chaos, chaos, chaos. Slow yourself down. And just breathe. When we start breathing, when we start moving breath around our body, it slows everything down. It slows our heart. It slows our brain. It's going to help us relax. And think about those stress points. What are the stress points? Identify them because you don't want to be going there in the middle of chaos. You want to manage them. You want to keep them under control. Take that time out. Just say to yourself, I need a time out right now. Move yourself away from the problem. Move yourself away from the chaos. Even if it's mentally, move yourself away. Get that time out. And keep everything in perspective. You know, Unless it's the end of the world, then really it's not the end of the world, is it? And most things, most chaos, it's not the end of the world. And when the chaos is happening, can you control it? Or is it something that's completely out of your control? Just control what is within your hands. Control what you can control. Anything that's out of your control, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. You're not going to be able to make any changes. Just remind yourself. One thing. Smile. Have you ever done that when you're sitting there and you're feeling, Ooh, and then suddenly it's like, put a smile on your face. I'm doing it now. Just <laughs> oh, smile. It really, sometimes it just changes your face. It changes the way you feel, the way you think. I know it does with me. Just think about it something nice something amazing something that you're grateful for something that you're blessed for whether it's from your your home to your family to the people around you to your career to you doing the things that you love to do because something positive something that you're blessed for but chaos it really brings uncertainty but what it does do it allows the opportunity to grow and create. Successful people, they will see disarray, but they're going to use it as an opportunity to grow and practice the skill of creating order out of chaos. So how will you deal with the next chapter of chaos in your life? Next on Tanya presents Skinfluencer Success. How can you use health, fitness and mindfulness to create the results that you desire? My guest, Nicole Aniston, will share how she uses food and mindset to achieve her success. This is Tiny Tate. Skinfluencer
0: success.
1: You are listening to Tiny Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. How can you use fitness, health and mindfulness to create results? How does what you eat and your mindset determine your success? My guest is adult entertainer, Reiki master teacher, and enthusiast of the universally benevolent. Welcome, Nicole Aniston, to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited that I've got you on, Nicole. It's, It's just amazing. This podcast, I... Originally started it because it was something for for me to share all all the the good things that I do and the positive thinking, and I love podcasts that are full of positivity. And just your introduction that you gave me, it's you know enthusiast of the universally benevolent. I, I was like, it was so beautiful, and I was genuinely looking it up <laughs> to be like. I need to know what this means. So Nicole, tell everyone what it means. It's it's beautiful words.
0: Really just what I've been living since really working through all of the old stuff that no longer serves me. And the adult industry has been such a wonderful catalyst to that. So life has changed dramatically. And and now I just, I, I seek out the benevolent, the universally benevolent. I found it within myself and I've cultivated it within my businesses, within my home, within my relationships, and it's it's been the the perfect little mustard seed for the the success and growth for the rest of my my experience
1: and that's wonderful because that's that's really what I want to talk to you about you know the way that we think and the way that we act and the way that we are it really reflects and i I believe in you know what you put out there it's it's a reflection, and it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. we're gonna get we're gonna get quite deep today nicole i, I can feel it and i'm excited i do agree <laughs> i love it so much but tell everyone you you know we, we me and you we knew each other we know each other sorry we know each other because we're in the present tense we know each other from when we were both um original in a movie for for browsers i think that was probably one of the first maybe one of the first times that we met
0: I think so. That was many years ago. That was a while ago. Wow.
1: <laughs> that was a Christmas scene. There was like four of us and Kieran Lee, of course. That was such a fun day. I got to tell you about that day. That was the day that I didn't realize that people like Kieran Lee, was a joker that he was, could get hold of your phone. And if you didn't put a lock on your phone, which I didn't, they can get onto your Twitter. And they can send tweets. And that day, Kieran Lee sent a tweet on my behalf from my Twitter account that said, I've
0: just it. He's so cruel. I I know it's all in good fun, but my gosh, that man is just full of pranks up to his eyeballs. Oh, God. I I was devastated when he posted it.
1: But like, now I can look back and I can be like, oh, it's quite funny. But
0: I would never do that to somebody else. It was no, and neither would I because I, you know, your phone is so much private information. I would never even yeah. touch another person's phone, let alone the things that Kieran Lee does to other entertainers' phones. You know, in when you leave them open, he's he's a risk.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, so, so that was the start of our day, but we had a great day. It was that Christmassy office scene, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. So tell, tell everyone, Nicole, that's Listen, you know, um, how did you originally get started in the adult industry? And, you know, take us a little bit through, um, you know, your life. And I, I want to catch up to, to where you are now.
0: Uh, well, getting started in the adult industry was really purely out of financial necessity. I had very little experience in the relevant activities that are required for the job that we have. <laughs> and I I wasn't sure that I, I liked it. I just didn't know what else to do. I had no qualifications, a diploma. Great. You know, that doesn't really get you a whole lot. And at the time when I got in, there there weren't a whole lot of opportunities to make ends meet and, and ended up just being really serendipitous. A friend came into where I was working at the time and, I had never really known what he had done. And he said, do you want to you know, submit some photos and some videos and see what happens? And then within about a week, I had my first shoot with Reality Kings. I had some go and things like that between then, which LA was very daunting. I wasn't even used to freeway driving, let alone the, the intense chaos that comes with being in Los Angeles.
1: So go sees in case anyone's listening. That's like where, you know, you go to the different studios and they get to see you in person.
0: Yes. They pretty much, you know, walk you in. Okay. Let's see your body. Turn around. What (laughs) do you do? What do you don't do? All right. We'll give you a call. And that was great. That worked out. And then I had my first shoot and I remember driving up to LA in my little truck that I had at the time. I had Barely, I had enough gas to get to LA, but I had $12 in my bank account and not a whole lot of of way to get home. And thank gosh, I was given a check that day. I went right to the bank and got some cash back and got gas and was able to get home. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow, by the skin of my teeth. So it was, um, it caught on quite quickly. It snowballed quickly. And uh, soon, you know, I had to leave the the at the time, it was full-time, but part-time job because they had decreased my hours and things were just really tight. The moment I got into adult, things started to become very comfortable and it really started to spark a lot of movement in my my personal awareness. And, you know, it, it gave me a lot of spaciousness, both financially and with the excessive amounts of time and things like that that I had on my hands that were really beneficial to just kind of opening yourself up to I don't have to cram you know numbers anymore I'm not deciding toilet paper or water like that kind of thing so that was a really amazing moment to just have that spaciousness of financial freedom yeah and it led to a lot of other wonderful things there on out It just snowballed I, I intentionally got in to make a couple bucks and 13 years later, <laughs> you're still going on. So it ended up pretty, pretty great.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I can see why the producers and the studios and the companies, you know, as soon as you walked in, you know, you've, you're have you very beautiful and, you know, you, you've got a very beautiful body as well, I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> Thank but- you. A lot has changed when I was 23, when I got in it was, you know, I was very different. My face was different. My hair was different. You know, we've all had our, our fun share of, of cosmetic procedures to enhance ourselves and things like that. But at the at the core, I just knew, you know, I can do this. This is fine. This is not a big deal. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm sure there'll be a director or something to kind of help me um, through what I don't understand or what I don't know. And luckily in the beginning, the basics that I received as far as guidance and things were just sufficient to, you know, help me kind of get my bearings a little bit.
1: Yeah. So. And it, it is, isn't it? It's like sometimes you go into something and it's, it's an opportunity. It's a challenge at the same time, because, you know, you're going in, you you don't necessarily have that experience, but you are believing in yourself that, you know, I can do it. And listening to the cues and listening to the advice and, you know, waiting for it to arrive and tell you. And it it is sometimes it's like, that's how it works, isn't it? It's taking it in and then using that information to
0: progress further. And it was wonderful to have just the, the few first experiences be in that light, having someone who was kind enough and patient enough. They had been working with new young talent. Throughout the entirety of their adult careers as well, so it was nice to initially, you know, work for Suze Randall. I mean, oh, that was incredible. My first scene was shot by, you know, Greg Lansky, when he was still very hands-on. And at the time that, he, you know, he and I became friends, it was it was great because at that time he was very helpful, very hands-on, very patient. And it was a, it was a very fun and lighthearted experience in the beginning. And it, it kind of helped, you know, convince me like, this is, this is not that hard. This is actually pretty easy. If I just kind of watch where the lights are and watch where the mic is and, you know, get my, my mark every time, just, you know, knock out lines the first time. And so people started to, or um, companies started to kind of talk a little bit, I think amongst themselves and just be like, Oh, Nicole's actually pretty easy to work with. Like, She's not really wild on camera. She doesn't do a whole lot of wild stuff. She's pretty vanilla, but she's easy to work with. Like she shows up for the most part on time. And so it, it was nice, like coming from a world of HR, sales, retail, having that little bit of background to just move into something and just have the basic life skills of being out in the world and being a struggling employee of another company. I just fit right in.
1: It is. It's, you know, you're, you're professional and you do a good job. And people will want you back on their set. And, you know, in the business, people that don't do a good job, that turn up late, unless there's something really exceptional about you, there are people like that in our industry that everything, all the rules go out the window because they are so in demand. But generally, they're not going to have you back. And people do talk, you know, if you make a bad job or there's something not quite good happening on the sets Mm -hmm. so it's it is it's it's getting going there with the right attitude and giving the best scene that you can
0: that that was huge and I I found that to be one of the strongest things I had going for me was not my expertise in what we were actually filming not my skill set not my enthusiasm and you know for a while not really my because I was not physically confident at all. The industry has helped instill that in me and given me the spaciousness to become introspective, to learn how to love my body and to appreciate the way I look and to enhance my looks to a degree that I, you know, I like the way I look. Now I'm happy with this at each interval by which I I look this way now and I look that way 10 years ago. And so it was nice to just be accepted. You know, I never really felt as a part of necessarily a, a family or, you know, you never really saw the same people two days in a row unless it was like for a feature. But in general, it was just, it, it was a comfortable thing to do. And yeah. it helped with in an unexpected way, a lot of people who have, you know, some kind of a, a desire to get into the industry because of, you know, their, their previous physical encounters with others in an intimate way that, have you know been wild and they get in if they get into it for that reason, that's not always the best reason to get into it. You know, just because you have an incredible skill set, you you kind of you have to be grounded. You have to find stability and some sort of like a, a grounding, a rock for your, just so that when you leave set and you're not someone else's product anymore, that you can come back into yourself and be okay because mentally and emotionally it can. It can really, you know, rack your brain and it can really make you, you know, trigger you to question what you're doing, who you are, what you believe, what you want and and how you feel about about what you're choosing, because there's nonsense, just constant external noise trying to convince you that what you're doing is wrong.
1: For me, I'm. I feel like I'm a very, very grounded person. You know, I can come in, I can do the job, I can leave, and then I'm back being me. But I do know at the beginning, um, you be you. You would go home, but you would still be that character mm-hmm. on set. And I don't mean I don't mean swinging from the lampshades and getting <laughs> mad with everyone. But in your mind, you are still that person that really you should have left it set and I always found that a little bit strange at first but like now move forward it's like no I am me and and it's definitely me and I I feel me me (laughs) when I'm at home but for some people if you don't have that stability or you come in or there's some you know issues that you you might not be so helpful for you there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of things that could sway you in different ways that might not be the best way to be swayed for you so i'm i'm so glad that you know you could stay grounded and this is really good advice for people that are listening you know just come in and be you and don't be led into it it, it, is it's a place where you can be easily led don't be easily led down the wrong path don't take the wrong journey just try and keep in mind for yourself and if you're struggling. Then talk to people or the people who are successful or the people who have taken the path or the journey that you might want to be on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look for those yeah. people.
0: That was a little tricky for me in the beginning because I even saw around me at the time when I was starting to become in higher demand, I suppose, the others around me that were more highly sought after, that were more successful, earning more money, not having the best. Personal lives, and I, I never really found a lot of congruence in the early parts of my career with looking to to someone else for guidance or help. And times have changed dramatically, and now there's countless wellness and mental emotional health resources within the industry and outside of the industry that you can access for free, and communities that are happy to discuss wellness and em- emotional well being with you, um, and not be biased based on what your career choice is. Yeah. And that was a trick looking around in the industry when I got in, not seeing a whole lot of others focusing on wellness, drinking water, getting sleep, not having a a slew of, untested partners. And that was such an odd thing to just come into an environment where I had never been exposed to those types of behaviors. And now everyone I was surrounded with was, Hey, want to go grab a drink afterward? Or Hey, want some drugs? Or, and that was, that was like, no, I want to go home and go to bed. I, I, you know, and being able to commute from LA, living two hours away, I've never moved to LA where the epicenter of shooting and filming was going on. So it was nice to be able to have that at least two hour drive, sometimes three and a half, four hour drive, uh-huh. depending on traffic, just to get myself out of that mindset. That Those behaviors are not what I correlate to. I don't ascribe to that mentality. Uh-huh. And I need to, to get along well in this industry. And that was I think one of the best things I did for myself was when I couldn't find someone to relate to, I didn't have a hard time about it. I kept my, you know, my good close few friends that were all non-industry. I haven't really had a whole lot of very intimate um, relationships with entertainers. I've dated, you know, casually one or two, but in general, I've, I've kept my distance because I'm I'm the biggest introvert in the whole wide world. And my focuses are kind of irrelevant to the others that are within the industry, and I think that not I wouldn't I would never recommend anyone to separate yourself from those who you work closest to. I would just recommend that whatever you feel is right for you, do that. And if it doesn't feel healthy, or if someone's trying to convince you or, or pull you along into activities or um, interests that are not really a heart centered thing for you to choose, then, then just, you know, distance yourself from that and ask Mm -hmm. yourself, do I really love this? Do I want to participate? And as, as on set, as offset, if there's something you don't want to consent to, then no is your answer. And that is no is a hard no. There, there is no wiggle room. No, maybe I'll pay you a little extra, none of that. So there's nothing really that ever convinced me to get, too intimately tied with other adult entertainers. The, the distance from my home to where we were shooting was kind of a great benefit to me. Yeah. But I, I've met some of the most incredible, wonderful people. I just haven't really gotten close with anyone. And I, I think that for me, that that kind of worked. It yeah. kind of just worked a little bit. Yeah. When we were first shooting,
1: like all those years ago, when, when me and you both started in in the industry, it was very, you know, the companies, they shot you. They, you know, they determined your bookings. Mm -hmm. And for me, I also started, you know, webcoming. And Mm -hmm. I also had a website as well. So this was kind of like the way that it was for the adult performer. You know, you did your scenes, you had your website. You you have a website. Did you have, was Puba doing your website?
0: Puba was doing the website, yeah. And, um, you know, we would make um, days here and there to shoot content. For that and you know, those days seemed a lot more casual, and for some reason, I kind of um, felt like on those days when they were so much more enjoyable shooting content with someone that you know, we the person and I privately agreed, let's shoot content on this day, let's test, okay, here's the location, here's what we're gonna wear. That seems so much more cohesive than being a product for a corporation that you know suggested who you worked with. Told you what to wear, what time to be there. That was all just—I, I I don't know. I, I, the more I shot content for my own site, the more anticipation grew for hopefully that being the ultimate goal in the end of not shooting for all these companies and not being their product every day. It was wonderful. And
1: and then we have we have moved forward. You know, here we are now in the in this day and age where most of us adult stars that are still, you know, in the industry, most yeah. of us are using premium social media mm-hmm. to, you know, with our fans. And I and I love the change that it's taken us in. It's taken us to a place where we can decide what we shoot, who we shoot with, what we do, the people we work with. And, you know, we're putting it up there and we are getting intimate with our fans and I I think it's a a great place for us to be right now.
0: I think so too. I I do see, you know, one of my um, partners on a project we're working with brought this to my attention. I loved how he put it. He said, every 20 years, something within the adult industry changes dramatically. There's VHS, then there's DVD. Now there's, this OnlyFans and and there's the kind of onslaught of Bitcoin. And so there's a lot of implications of how it's about to change again. And I think OnlyFans has been the 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 precursor to something even bigger. What what I love is that yes, everything's transitioned over to where adult entertainers no longer have to bust so much butt to go be a product for another com- another company who's going to continually profit off of your material for the rest of their existence as a as a corporation even after you you kick the bucket and you die they're still going to sell your product and they can sell yeah. it to an entirely different company sure. and we sign that away you know we we have our very long uh, laundry list of paperwork and checks and um things to sign and stuff like that uh when we do shoot for them so we are consenting to that however i i think that that is on the way out as well i think a lot of Bigger name entertainers have um, started to kind of close the door on those days. And, and not to say that the companies have done anything wrong. That's just what has been going on for such a long time that that's become the norm. And I, I'm really excited by the chaos in our industry and that things are changing so rapidly. And people are, you know, they have, they're starting to take precedence, in their lifestyles, their private lives, their preferences, their, their, Personal needs are becoming uh, precedents for entertainers. They don't want to go work with that person over there that they would never personally choose to be with in an intimate fashion. I don't want someone to choose my intimate partners for me. That is disempowering for me now. I want to choose my own, and I want to either pay that person or trade or something like that. That is, that's far more of the kind of Lifestyle I want to share with my fans. If I'm going to be contributing to this type of media, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. I chose this. I consented to this. This was a, this was all of my decision. So I love the way things are going on. I love that people are sick of the way things are because that is only going to you know breed more change. So there is a lot of chaos going on right now, and, and people will say
1: like this. Unstability and the way that things are changing and there's a lot of governments that are trying to change things and there's a lot of religious groups that are putting high pressure on different government departments you know there there is chaos but I love this in that you can see through this chaos and you're like seeing there's something bigger to come
0: but there is yeah and it's not going to be of religious influence it's going to be of conscious influence it's not going to be a, any sort of religious sect um, influencing governments to pressure people into doing or not doing anything, or spending their money certain ways, or spending their time, or exhibiting, exhibiting or experiencing their bodies in certain ways, or limiting their expression of their physicality. I, I don't think that religion will ever have that power. And there's a lot of attempts, and I have many friends that are have different, you know, spiritual and and religious beliefs, and they're all absolutely entitled to believe what they find true to themselves. However, you may not infringe on anyone else's free will because what's the first thing that any logical human being wants to do the moment they're told not to do it. They want to do it. They're going to, and they're going to do it even harder and even more. So you cannot limit the freedom of expression and conscious expansion we're evolving consciously, deliberately, intentionally with more open-hearted awareness than ever before. In No matter if you're you know, in our industry or you're a politician or if you're an activist or whatever role you are, no matter uh, where you come from or what your background is, everyone is hoping for more freedom and more love and more compassion and forgiveness and just all of that good stuff. And Anything that's attempting to limit the human experience is going to die and fall away. This,
1: this is something, you know, I, I'm listening to this right now and I'm kind of getting like really quite chilled. Nicole, I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to listen back to this because the words that you're giving me and everybody else that's going to be listening to this are very, very powerful words.
0: They are objectively true, you know. I, I, my friend and I, the other day, were um, in a big department store, and we were looking at the products in the skincare section. Just, just perusing, you know we've got our we've got our tea, and we're walking through, and we're just enjoying being out and looking at wonderful people shopping in the holidays and stuff. And uh, we're looking at these products, and every label is now saying no animal testing, no. Gluten, no this, no that, no phthalates, no, there's so many things that are, and that's just the skincare department or department store. That is, you know, that is so indicative. You look everywhere you look, there is more consciousness coming into, you know, products that are being produced, concepts, politics, religion is changing. Spirituality is becoming more of the the stronger principle rather than this set of rules that everyone must follow or else you're going to this terrible place after you die that I'm sorry, that's (laughs) no. (laughs) So, but you know, everyone's entitled to their belief system, but the the human experience is about expansion. The universe Mm -hmm. on the, the tiny minute quantum level up to every possible largest scale is about expansion. And Anything attempting to suppress evolution right now is going to fall away. That anything attempting to suppress that is, is a failed timeline. That's not going to be successful. The the good stuff is going to be, you know, the compassionate freedoms and things. Um, And, you know, empathy, of course, is very important, but, you know, empathy is here. Compassion is here because you don't need to stoop to somebody's level of um, perceived momentary uh, suffering to understand them and to to give them love and and kindness. So compassion is up here. You can kind of see where everybody's at from the level of compassion rather than stooping down to the level of, I know how you feel, I've been there too, you know, oh my gosh, it's it's because nothing really is doom and gloom anymore. There's so much more optimism and excitement and good stuff happening in all areas of the the human construct right now. You can see it in the way our foods are being produced. And yeah, you know, if you choose to look at the negative aspects of what's going on, and and if you don't understand the way universal chaos plays out, out of chaos comes order, always. It, It can't get any worse. It is only going to get better because everyone is saying, we want respect. We want, we want, you know, better food. We want clean water. We want equality. We want simple human basic equality for all human beings. And there's not going to be anybody sitting at the top, you know, delegating who gets what rights anymore. That's just not going to happen that way. And, you know, once we, it's like the, uh, you know, with ants, if, if all, you know, all the ants are all working towards a common goal, and yet, if those ants were ever being suppressed by anything you see anything try to intrude on their in their mound or their their colony they all immediately attack that mm. that inhibitor or whatever is trying to suppress their their common goal or their way of life and I feel like once we kind of collectively realize our strengths as a, a human species, nothing will suppress us any longer nothing will be you know. Poverty, sickness, you know, d- terrible foods and any kind of suppression whatsoever will just be will be eliminated because there will be nothing that will be in power that will be able to suppress us. I, I love some of the things that you're picking up on and you, you're talking about food. So, you know, for me,
1: I changed my diet um, just over a year ago. And the reason why I changed my diet is because I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease which is, you know, your immune system, it's just, it's inflamed, and so I realized that if I change my diet, and I change the way that I eat, and the things I consume, my body felt so much more amazing, and, you know, I was having these, when I first, um, wondering what was up with me I was so weak so tired and my muscles would fatigue and I'd wake up and my legs would feel like I'd run a marathon I'd have to sit down to make breakfast it it was pretty rough while I was managing it and then to to think back now all the clean eating that I do and the way that my body is it's just it's like a complete turnaround so it's you Yes. Yeah. I know you are a practicing vegan and I know this is, you know, you consume good foods. And I I also know that, you know, you believe in what you eat is, is going to help, you know, change us. So talk to me a little bit about food. because I'm excited because I, I'm going to soak all this in.
0: I love food. I grew up with a very sadly redneck type upbringing which, um, to put it lightly, was very, you know, a lot of processed foods, a lot of meat, a lot of potatoes, milk, like tons of cow's milk, tons of cow's milk, big glasses of it with every meal. And I've been vegan for over 10 years. And when I was a few years into the industry, I started having chronic health issues, um, chronic, recurring, very serious debilitating, odd experiences that were going undiagnosed. And I had a high white blood cell count for two years. And they said at the, about the the two year mark, they said, well, you're gonna need to see an oncologist because there's something seriously wrong here. And I, there just was no way. And Mm -hmm. I was um, on my way back from the East Coast on a very long flight. And I watched a few, um, I watched vegetated Forks Over Knives, and one others, just small documentaries about a plant-based lifestyle and about the animal agriculture industry. And I couldn't unsee what I witnessed, which was really beneficial for me because I knew what I knew. I couldn't unknow it and I couldn't ignore it when I landed in California. So I literally got home completely exhausted. I, I threw out all of my processed foods, all of my dairy, all of my meat, no more milk, no more cheese, no honey, no like nothing. I had no meat at all, no fish. And um, about two months later, I had my first normal white blood cell count in over two years. <clears throat> and that was so dramatic that I just thought, you know, this works for me. This works yeah. for me. And of course, I think a lot of, a lot of vegans can attest to the phases you kind of go through where when you first go plant-based, where you go through this massive detox process. I went plant-based first, cut out a bunch of the yuck, and then started to detox about, you know, right off the bat from the inflammation and things like that, but then hit a pretty hardcore reset after about two or three years of being vegan. I went mostly raw foods um, kind of earlier on, and that really aided in a lot of the the inflammatory things I was having going on. And um, for some reason, cleaning up my diet, and the, the more you know intense highly concentrated nutrients that i was consuming and the detoxifying the black foods like charcoal and shiilajit um in the you know zeolites and heavy levels of heavy doses of cilantro just simple things spirulina chlorella supplementing with b12 because i needed to do that and d3 k2 i was just was learning i was le- i was like just a sponge trying to learn as much as i could about what was going to give me the best physical experience, what Mm. was going to keep my body healthy and capable as as long as possible. So it became a great fascination, a great love. It was very easy to learn. It happened, it just really came to me quite quite easily. Um, I became a fitness nutrition specialist through NASM, just so that I kind of knew I had a little bit of a formal education on nutrition for what my physical and fitness goals were. And was a little ashamed to say that during the NASM course, there were a lot of anti-vegan subject matter, quite a great deal of it. And it was very, you know, saying, oh, you can't be healthy. You can't do this long-term. You shouldn't do it long-term. It's not good for this. It's not good for that. And I'm a living example that my, yeah. you know, my blood comes back great. My, my fitness is better than it's ever been. I'm stronger, physically stronger than I've ever been. I hold muscle. If I want to cut down, I can. If I want to bulk up, I can quite easily. And it's just worked for me quite well. And now that as the science is starting to come out, they are um, finding that a, a mostly plant-based diet for most people is the best thing for anti-inflammatory and for longevity purposes. Yeah. and uh, including organic foods, avoiding um, genetically modified foods, avoiding glyphosates, pesticides, heavy metals, and then detoxifying from the things that are just common environmental toxins. I was excited to learn, you know, what, what does the body accumulate? What heavy metals set up camp in the body? And what do those heavy metals prevent the body from doing? And so that became a great love because the more I tried these different modalities for wellness, the greater I felt, the the more I was functional and clear headed and thoughtful. And I slept better and my periods were normal and and just everything, my hair was growing like crazy. My skin was happy. I mean, everything in my, my entire body rejuvenated itself. And I felt like a, like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis. I felt like just completely renewed out of this shell. And so I, and I had seen, countless examples of those who used diet and nutrition to transform their entire lives and, you know, kick everything from myopathy to inflammation, to degenerative diseases, cancer, all kinds of the big ones, you know, and in, in mitigating a lot of these symptoms so that even their, their technically lifetime diagnoses were, were manageable. Yeah. And so that someone could still live a very comfortable and functional life of wellness, even with this thing that they just need to be mindful that they do have in their body, and that nothing is an end all be all. You you know, just when I kind of got
1: the diagnosis of like the chronic illness in my body, it was very difficult, because it was a difficult time. And, you know, they say that um, when your body is under a lot of stress, or it's had a shock, you know, things change in your body. And for me, my 21-year-old brother passed away very unexpectedly. And that was very traumatic. But I thought I was okay, but it's, it's, my body showed I wasn't. And to come on leaps and bounds, you know, at one point I couldn't properly work out. It, it was It was very debilitating. And now I'm back in the gym and I'm working with my personal trainer, But but I know that I want to get to the next level. I want to get there. My weight, when you first start eating different foods, your weight changes. And I think I was very scared to eat certain foods. And I was scared. There was a lot of unknowns. But for me now, it's, you know, moving forward with the food. I'm doing, there's there's a lot of food. And Nicole, I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to ask you, can I talk to you afterwards about... One, fitness, and two, food, because I just – I look at your body, and I'm going to tell you this well. I took it there was a picture of you that you put on your Instagram, and I just looked, and you know when you have to visualize how you want to be? Because if you want to move forward, you have to sit there, and you have to visualize, and like, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? And you put yourself there, and you put yourself in that mind frame, and you picture yourself, and you, you feel how you are when you're doing that workout, and when you look at yourself in the mirror and all the things that you feel – I picked your picture and I said to my personal trainer, "Get, look, vegan, strong, looks amazing." Thank you. And I went goal. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I Thank was you. very, very inspired. Like very inspired.
0: I am. I I'm you. so happy to share what I know all the time. Um, because, you know, it's it's worked for me and I, I've tried my best not to be preachy about the vegan thing. It's been a little hard because, you know, when you first learn what you learn about animal agriculture, it's hard not to say, look, everybody, look what's going on. Look where your food comes from. It's super gross. Why are you going to eat that? Because I want people to have the the integrity to, it, it, I guess, just the the cognizance of where your food comes from. If you if you're not pulling it out of the garden in your backyard and you know what how your water quality is and what pesticides were in the ground before you moved there, has anybody been spraying Roundup in your backyard? Like, unless you know for sure, like you have to kind of go by the industry standard, which is organic is the best way to go. And the way pesticides can accumulate in foods and have been attributed to great massive, massive amounts of debilitating diseases, um, especially in westernized cultures where those are really prominent. You see people with inflammatory diseases all the time and no one wants to lift that veil really to, to correlate these two things. And it's really, really important. And inflammation, stress, things like that, in in, um, you know, exhaustion, grief things like that they can really add to to the body's awareness of what you're considering what you're thinking about and believing and i found that as as my health changed my interests changed as my interests changed my beliefs changed and so it was this really interesting cycle of detoxifying from what i found that i needed to be doing you know when you first get into the industry you think oh, I'm gonna have steak and lobster and it's gonna be wonderful and I'm gonna have caviar. And and then you're like, well, that's not gonna make me feel really good. A lobster is what a lobster is. A steak comes from where a steak comes from. And for me, I couldn't unlearn those things. And I couldn't unlearn what happens within the body when you do eat something that's inflammatory. And it's immediate. It's as soon as that hits your tummy, And so for me, it just made sense. I'm going to do what my body likes. And I'm also going to, when the food's in front of me, it sounds a little woo-woo. But when I have my big plate of veggies or my, you know, I never miss that on anything. I've got my pastas and I've got my stews and big bowls, salad on occasion, but I'm not really a salad person. Um, Salad. I'm not (laughs) really like... It doesn't doesn't fill you up. Salad doesn't fill you up. No. And you know, when I, when I go home and I make salads, it's mostly like a mishmash of all kinds of wonderful, complex carbs, um, fiber, protein, you know, wonderful fat, you know, these so was so complex and it's so nutrient dense. There are omegas and there's good sauces and there's no GMOs and there's not a lot of salt and there's not a lot of oil. And it's very, very simple, just plant-based whole foods. And that has made me feel so good. And when it's in front of me now, before I eat my meal, I am just in such gratitude for the distance this food has come to reach me. The, the, the people that have been involved in cultivating this meal that's sitting right in front of me, what an incredible honor and privilege it is to have a plate of food that I didn't have to grow, hunt, kill, kill, you know, anything, it is just right here. All I had to do was prepare it. What an incredible blessing. So now, when I have every meal or have every beverage that I have, even if it's just a glass of water, I, I say thank you. Thank you so much. Dr. Emimoto, I think, did this water research where he uh, was able to, he found that he was able to program water with an intention. And because there's water in everything, it was just the implications of these experiments were incredible and they really stuck with me, was he was able to, um, under a microscope, for example, take a glass of water and have his research participants speak and feel an intention into the water. And then he would take a little bit of the water under a microscope and um, with the frozen you know, water molecules, look at the shapes that they produced. And the shapes that the frozen water molecules produced under a microscope with love and gratitude and thank you and kindness was this beautiful, intricate, just stunning, fractalized snowflake of a pattern. And it was just incredible. It made you feel so full of love. And then when you looked at the water where the participants in the research were speaking negative, you know, things like, I hate you, you're wrong, I, this is, you're stupid, like just negative things. The water molecules took on a completely different, disgusting, utterly terrible shape and color that were frozen under the, in this microscope. You could see visibly the effect that your, your emotional intention had on water. And so if that can do that, and repeatable, 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 mm. constantly by different researchers. It wasn't just this particular doctor's research. It's been done countless times over. Yeah. And so what makes up most of our bodies? We're, we're mostly water. And our foods, especially you know, me and my plant-based foods, it's mostly it's a lot of water. The peppers, the cucumbers, and everything. There's so much water in our foods. And so why not program the food with the intention by which you wish to consume it with? And why not treat your body with that same kindness Knowing that your your intention that, that you're speaking into that mostly water, you know, environment is going to is going to take shape and hold on to and record. Water has memory, they say, because it does hold this intention energetically and it does display it in a visible way. So it's no it's not arguable. It's non negotiable. It really is that way. So, but just having that that gratitude for your food, whatever you're eating. If you're, if you're omnivorous, if you're vegan, whatever, just having that gratitude for your food. And I love the correlation. I heard someone say that they always used to bless their food before eating. And when I was younger, I thought, oh, that's kind of silly. And that really is nonsense. And then I, I realized there's so much science behind it. Mm-hmm. There's so much science behind it. But if the fitness came really with the conscious change of wanting mm-hmm. to feel better sooner... I wanted to rectify my health issue. Then when that was out of the way and I was no longer struggling to feel well most days, I felt good all the time. And I had an infinite amount of energy. And still to this day, I'll be in the gym for three hours. I'm like, oh crap, I got to go. I've been here all day (laughs) because I have so much energy. And if I, if I want to grow my butt or I want big giant biceps or you you can cater your body to your exact specifications, with with diet and intention alone, if you have the strong enough intention and trust that your body will mirror how you feel about it, your body will change rapidly, including diagnoses and you know our our ability to self heal is is so unique to to our species. It's incredible. We're we're very resilient.
1: I I love all of this. I'm really really soaking it in because for me this is meaning and a lot now people might be listening and they might be like thinking oh i'm not getting this or it doesn't it doesn't you know it's it's going over their heads it it's not for everyone to take on these beliefs but but what we're saying is you know it's it the intentions it's be, there there are scientific experiments and there's a lot of this like the dr teller and dr joe dispenser and a lot of like these doctors talk about things and it, you know they've set up different experiments and and they can prove certain things so i think for someone wanting to start off to to change the way that they think mm-hmm. you got to take baby steps because for someone to say you know we can see in experiments this is happening you've got to kind of wanna be able to say, well, I want to change the way I the way I think. I want to be more positive. I want to be more mindful. I want to show, you know, compassion and I wanna self-heal and improve. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a there's a place how to get there. So how would what advice would you give to somebody that's kind of right at the beginning that's saying, you know, look, I want to make some changes to my life. Where do they start? You
0: know, is it meditation?
1: Are they looking online? Did give give some advice, Nicole.
0: I would say meditation is always a wonderful place to start. I didn't start personally meditation until far into my health journey. Um, as things started to pop up that were a little anomalous and unique to my experience that led me into meditation. So, you know, that may not be for everyone either starting off meditating. For me, I started off learning. I was the science minded person who wanted the technicals. I was myopic in my thinking, very reductionist, very, you know, I wanted hard concrete facts before I did anything. And my myopic mind went to a plant-based diet because it just, it made sense to me. And, you know, even if that's not the extreme you want to go to, I I was, I was the person that was ignorantly telling people, if you have too much soy, you're going to get gynecomastia. And that is a complete fucking lie. Excuse my language. (laughs) Complete (laughs) lie. But um, it was what, you know, had been perpetuated. So I would say, number one, you know, start to kind of look for the esoteric media for the Joe Dispenza for, you know, Gaia.com is a really good place to start. There's a lot of holistic um, and therapeutic wellness modalities there. Both for meditation, for yoga, um, for expanded consciousness. It's almost like a, a, a consciousness-based, well, uh, wellness-based Netflix type of subscription um, media station. So, but just you know, look for things that interest you, mm-hmm. and look for for the one that not the one that's plastered all over normal social media. Maybe not the the one that's all over regular mainstream media. Look for the ones that are being ignored. Look for the ones that have. You know if you're looking for a trainer look for the ones that aren't you know just pushing people to their absolute brink and cutting carbs and macros and this and that and i i mean i've been you know weight training for 15 years and i've never counted macros that really isn't in my game plan i'm also not training for anything because i don't like competition-based stuff but i just i train and i work out for my wellness Mm-hmm. If I and listen to your body, you know, I feel like listening to your body is one of the biggest things. When I first started, it was most beneficial because I, I could tell, you know, at the end of the day, I was exhausted. I, I would, you know, three, four cups of coffee, sometimes more. I was impatient. I was angry at people just for being themselves. It was always everyone else's fault besides me uh, for my experiences. So just kind of look around and And examine to yourself, how happy are you with what you've currently got? And, you know, try to become mindful of your thoughts and beliefs. And if you can kind of not track every thought, you know, not trying to micromanage your your thought process, because that's unhelpful, and it just makes you feel bad about yourself. But just become gently and softly and forgivably mindful of what you think and believe on a regular basis. If you're looking to change, That's where it starts. It starts with what you think and feel about your experience. And sometimes that means dissociating from certain people you spend a lot of time with or certain activities or a job or certain responsibilities that you have that maybe keep you from having the ability to have a healthy breakfast or be able to get a sufficient lunch break or sometimes it means some lifestyle changes and sometimes it means in the transitional period what you may perceive as some sacrifices, however, mm-hmm. I, I can attest to once I started putting in the effort the the conscious deliberate desire to change what I was currently experiencing it everything around me shifted opportunities came out of thin air as if by magic, new people, new experts, new books, new videos new um, exercises, and you know it just once I left myself wide open to, you know, I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can and not necessarily cherry pick, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be decisive about what I choose to incorporate in my lifestyle surrounding what I learn around me that is going to be best for me. Not what someone else says I should be doing. Cause there's a million people saying I should absolutely be eating meat or I'm going to die tomorrow. And nobody has ever heard of quash core. Cross your core is a protein deficiency, but everybody always asks, where do you get your protein from? How are you not dead yet? So it's very subjective. Some things work for some, but not for others. So Mm -hmm. just know that no matter what outside influence is attempting to coerce you into, you know, fear-based thinking, that's something good to kind of step away from and think, gosh, do I really feel is that a belief or thought or, or practice that I'm incorporating my life based on fear? And that I feel like when I started distancing myself from fear-based and scarcity-based thinking, I started to have the spaciousness, the spaciousness to decide for myself what I really wanted out of my experience. And it was a gentler thought process than we're conditioned in Westernized living to, to incorporate and to live by. And for me, it changed my diet. um, my lifestyle, the clothes I wear, the people I associate with and the jobs that I take. So sometimes it doesn't always look like everyone else's success on social media. And that's the best part is that it can be, it can be yours specifically to your specifications and it can be uniquely yours. It can be beautiful and wonderful and very prosperous and plentiful. It doesn't have to be, you know, the, the Instagram wellness that we've all kind of been conditioned to think that we want. So it's, it's just, it's very subjective. It's very unique. And everybody's got to kind of just pursue the, that constant desire to feel better sooner. I think that mm-hmm. that's just the core easiest thing to do. Yeah. And just let come what comes. Let that book fall in your lap. Let that researcher fall in your lap. Watch some videos and, and try some different things and you know, observe without judgment. Just kind of look around and see what's coming into your reality and then ask yourself how you may be attracting that.
1: It, it's all these things are going to start falling into your lap. You, you know, if if that's what you want to do, if you want to seek things out, they, they really do. Just the opportunities I found just come right in front of you. And it's like, Oh, that's exactly what I was looking for. That's
0: just what I needed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it, it really makes life so much more exciting in and, and the, you know, the, the physical experience. We have been conditioned into this really depleted physical state. And I feel like because we are so constantly focused on sense gratification, our bodies hurt, we're tired, we have too much to do. We're amped up on stimulants constantly or or downers to knock us off so we can sleep uh, in a thorough way and get our rest and, and rejuvenation. But that's not, I feel like the way that our, our great mother earth would want us to be. I feel like it's a very artificial, sanitized version of life. When we really should be, we should be having authentic experiences. We should be having the, you know, being on the leading edge of thought means having unique experiences, just cultivating your own unique way to go about doing things. And, you know, find something that someone else is doing, take that inspiration and use it in your own unique, authentic way and that goes for health and fitness and dietary choices and but if you're seeking wellness it it, it's it's got to be all or nothing kind of you you'll find that like the further you get into seeking wellness that one little thing off to the side that you've been ignoring for 10 years even unresolved traumas will sneak themselves up into your present awareness and be like remember me you're gonna have to deal with me now because you want wellness so it's great, you kind of have to just take what comes because the wellness will come in all facets of life
1: mm-hmm.
0: and no dark corner will remain, you know, non-illuminated. Nicole, this is just like, I, I
1: I knew having you on as a guest when you agreed to be a guest, I knew that this was something that I really, really wanted to share with people. And this is, it's, it's, you know, we're adult performers and we're sharing, but we're sharing like the backbone, Like the things that you don't see on camera, the things, the mindset and how we get into the places that we're getting. And anyone that's listening can do the same. You can get to be where you want to be. Life, fitness, everything. You just need to think that you want to be there and then start making those positive steps. and and reaching out and finding them I'm going to say I'm going to make one change one change to myself that's really really helpful as I was sitting there and I was listening and I'm like okay listening to the fear so I like to listen to news and I was listening to it this morning while I was getting ready for our podcast and I'm listening to it I'm like I feel so sad because I'm taking on inside me all this grief and pain and everything that I'm hearing and people are dying. And I'm like, I can't I can't handle this anymore. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I got to do something about this. And you've just come on here and you've just said, don't listen to the fear factor. And I'm like, that's the news. She's telling me stop listening to the news. And then you give me a thought to replace it with. So Gaia.com, there's so much on there. There is so much, you know, YouTube's been my friend YouTube's great it's great to start off on YouTube but I'm like I keep keep saying uh, a Gaia.com I knew exactly what you meant when you when you said it it's a whole collection and I'm like you know what one simple thing replace the news with stuff on Gaia.com and that is straight away I can already feel it going on my body saying this is what you need to do Oh yeah. <laughs> no and, one's ever got me crying on my podcast. But... Yeah,
0: yeah. Crying. <laughs> crying is the best. <laughs> crying is the best. Oh. And that's, you know, your body and your emotions. And I know this is a Reiki master. When I hit something in a client's chakra system, when, when there's something stuck and they just burst into tears, that's how you know you've got it and it's coming out and it's coming to the surface <laughs> to be released <laughs> and resolved. So all oh, wonderful, but gosh, it's, Yes, it is it's, it's there's so much and increasingly more every day more information because everybody wants the same thing right now. They want compassion, they want forgiveness, they want truth no matter how ugly and terrible it is. And you know, we all I think that's where mainstream media has really hit home with a lot of us where we watch it and we're immediately you know in the fight or flight which our nervous systems are so sensitive. Them. And our subconscious doesn't know the difference. So when we watch a fearful image of real things happening to real people, we're becoming more so unconditionally compassionate that we see people and we can no longer ignore it. We we are struck with the same fear and agony that we experience. Others are a world away in a, in a country that we've never been to experiencing these traumas because they're so relatable and they're, on, a, on an individual level, you know, a lot of people will be listening, well, what can I do? What should I do? What I can't go there and I can't do this. And the best thing that I always recommend to everyone who just gets caught up in the current narrative that everything is failing, which is not the truth. That's just what one aspect of current human civilizations media is attempting to portray to us that everything's going to heck in a handbasket. And that's not that's not real. It's just the good stuff's not being highlighted. And there's so many wonderful things to be grateful for, and including in our own little basic, you know, simple, smaller lives. So why not just understand that there are things going on? One of the greatest things, there's a, um, this thing called morphic resonance, which is amazing. They have this practice that they experimented. They had several decades ago with the meditation. Um, they had 7,000 people meditating you know, as best they could just meditating in a group at the same time. And they had dramatic and drastic um, concurrent drops in terrorism, domestic violence, murders worldwide from 7,000 people. So the meditation effect is really real. But if you aren't familiar with meditation, or it's not something that interests you as an individual, I would always recommend just if you see something that really rattles you that is real and is really going on and you feel helpless, be as conscious as you can in your own personalized, intimate experiences day to day to be as compassionate and forthcoming and honest as you can. Even if it's as simple as you're up at the register about to order your latte and just have a genuine, non-perfunctory interaction with whoever you're interacting with in that day, not just hi, I'll take a, uh, you know, because that you can just change someone's life. You can literally affect someone's entire life with one compassionate, genuine interaction. And that's how that spreads. That's how that resonance, that pebble in the pond effect. You throw one little pebble, eventually the ripples will reach every edge of that body of water. And that's how the vibration effect works a compassion level as well so it's about us all doing what we can not to go out and save the world because that that's too big a job it's taken (laughs) hundreds of years and trillions of dollars to get the earth and humanity into the catastrophic phase that it's in right now that's being portrayed by so by most media so look to the alternative medias find compassion within your daily experience and And make it your own. Make your own world the most compassionate, gentle, calm, and collected place that you can on a regular basis. And you would be amazed at what changes in the lives around you.
1: Thank you so much, Nicole. I could have you go on, but I'm like, (laughs) we've (laughs) only got so much time. And there was so much more that I wanted to talk to you about, but we didn't get there. But you know what? The message is clear. Be compassionate. And let's start making some changes in our lives. Yeah.
0: And we deserve it. You know, we, we deserve to be healthy and happy, literally happy all the time, not just for a little, like little segments here and there when we're feeling good or when we're drunk or high, you know, we, we deserve to be unconditionally happy all the time. And I think that's where we're headed. I really do. I'm so excited. I'm excited about the chaos because it ultimately is going to lead to more order. And I can't wait for that.
1: I'm very, very, very excited. I'd say I could just keep going on with you, Nicole, but I've I've got to stop. <laughs> stop. Tell
0: everybody where they can find you online. Twitter is xnicoleannistonx. Look for a blue check mark. Instagram is realnicoleanniston. Blue check mark as well. Nicole dot com is what we're kind of been we've been working on pretty hard lately, and community's growing. And Discord is attached to that so our discord members are just some of my favorite people only fans is um ex nicole aniston an x as well if they'd like to see some of my recent um stuff like that but you can find me on the internet i'm easy to find i'm all over the place <laughs> thank you it's been absolutely amazing wonderful
1: experience having you here on the podcast thank you nicole aniston for coming on the skinfluencer success podcast
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Tanya Tate, Skinfluencer Success.
1: Thank you all for joining me on Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Well, I gotta say, that was a real first. I have never been brought to tears like that on my podcast before through a guest, and Nicole Aniston. She is super amazing and she really did touch my heart and my mind in so many ways. And I love when she's reminding us in chaos there's change. And great changes are always preceded by chaos. In times of uncertainty, move forward without fear. Stay calm and embrace positive change. So what do you think of my podcast and of the guest video? You can get to see this first before anyone else on com slash Tanya Tate. I have to say um, I did a podcast recently with Maitland Ward and she was talking about something to do with when you're doing a certain act on camera. <laughs> and the way that you have to um, prepare. And it was so funny. And at the time I'm sitting, I'm like, okay, this is not gonna be really very YouTube friendly. It's not gonna be very mainstream platform friendly. So I have to say the secrets of um, Maitland Ward preparing herself before a certain type of scene, I have, I had to put it on Patreon. It's It's super funny. <laughs> There's a story about corn. You, you need to go and check it out on patreon.com slash Tanya Tate. So there is some exclusive stuff on there. And of course my guest videos, I do release them again. Um, also on onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. So you get to see the earliest on Patreon, then it goes on only fans. And then later on, it goes on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Tanya Tate tube is the handle on YouTube. So who would you like to see me interview on the video section of the Skinfluencer success podcast? Who would be an inspiring person to ask them to share their success story? Or do you have questions that me or one of my guests might be able to answer and give you advice on? You can also comment on my latest posts on Twitter at Tanya Tate. TikTok and YouTube, the handle is Tanya Tate Tube. And you can also leave me a voice note on my SpeakPipe. Speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate. And you might get featured in an upcoming episode. So let's listen to my favorite speakpipe voice notes of this episode. Here we go. Can't get enough. Mm, mm, um oh, Miss Tanya Tate mm, mm. Can't get enough. I try, I try of oh, Miss Tanya Tate dum, dum, dum. Yo what's up Tanya? This is the Velvet Teddy Bear. I enjoy listening to your radio show. And I got to say,
0: keep up the good work. You know what I'm saying? I'm out. Peace.
1: (laughs) Hey, Kevin Smith, a.k.a. the Velvet Teddy Bear. Can't get enough. Can't get enough of Tanya Tate. Well, you know what? of me. I absolutely love it. I love being serenaded here on the Skinfluencers Success Podcast. That's fun. Thank you, just thank you. You know, if you are listening to me, let me know that you are listening. Tell me what you think. Kevin Smith can't get enough of Tanya Tate. This is great. He, he, Kevin Smith has gone from listening to my my weekly radio show on Vivid Radio and SiriusXM, and now he's moved across to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. And, of course, Kevin Smith, reach out to me. Let me know you're going to be able to get a signed photo because that was great. I, I love that. I love that one. If you if I do get to play your voice note here on the Skinfluence of Success podcast, and I love it, which, of course, I love that one, let me know. Hit me up. Tell me your name and address, and I'll get to send you a signed photo. Have we got time for another one? Yeah, I think we do. Let's take another speak pipe.
0: So, not going to lie, up to a little while ago, never seen you before but now you are one of my favorites in a certain gin do you have any tips on getting into the adult industry it's something that i've been wanting to do for a long time any tips would be amazing and yeah hopefully i'll get a reply if not have an amazing weekend
1: well, thank you. This is from Scott. I have to say, Scott, he said he's never heard of me d- until recently. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter when you got to know about me. The fact is that you know about me right now in the here and now in the present. So great. I'm glad that you found me, Scott. And you he, he do have a very genuine question. And do I get asked this question a lot? How do you get into the adult industry? Okay. I would say for a girl versus a guy, a girl is so much easier than a guy, I'm gonna tell you that now. No word of a lie, no word of a lie Scott. I think for a guy getting into the industry, there's a few things that you need to avoid and that is being creeping on girls, just hitting girls up in an inappropriate way and it is quite difficult. I think, you know, if you're going to start an OnlyFans account, have a look at some of the guys that are in the industry and look for people that you aspire to be and join their OnlyFans and see what they're doing. And, you know, check it out because you need to do some research. And how you're going to get into the industry, you could start with their OnlyFans. But I'll be honest, most of the way that the guys get into the industry that I've known about that are successful they end up partner up with a girl, a hot girl, and they end up... It, it, it's like an easy routine because the hot girl... Guys want to look at the hot girl. And, you know, if you can perform, if you can put up a good show and you can keep it up and you can keep the performance going and the performance can be ended as requested, at the time requested, you know... If you can get it up, put it up, put on a show, and come to the finale, as required, and still be professional and respectful and non-creepy, I think you're on to a good start. But it's, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky, and there's so many people that want to be, like, in the adult industry and OnlyFans collaborators. I think the easiest way to get into the into the industry is to start with the OnlyFans. And then, you know, once you've kind of got up and running, then you can kind of try and move across to the, what they call the mainstream industry, which is like the production studios. They're just my thoughts on it. I hope that's give you some food for thought. I've got to tell you as well, I used to do something called a Tanya Take casting couch where I would, brand new guys would come and try out to see if they could make it on camera. And I shot many, many scenes, you know, when I was first started in the industry after I'd done a tour of, I did a, a UK TV tour of Scotland, a UK TV tour of Ireland, and I did the Tiny Take Cast and Couch in London. And it was great. And I got to see so many guys. And it, it people that listen will be like, oh, yeah, it's dead easy. Well, it's not. You've got like people staring at you with a camera pointing, shooting. And some guys, the nerves got the better of them. Well, some guys were so cocky like they thought they were so great and when it come to it like they're so full of themselves and when it come to it complete disappointment it's it, it's a mindset you've really got to be able to control yourself control your body and the way that's needed it's not easy but you know what give it a go anyway i hope that gives you some a little insight into how you might and you know what scott if you do get into the industry and you do get a lot of followers on Twitter you're going to get noticed by other women other performers other content creators and who knows where you're going to end up next you know you may end up coming to AVM one time and can to shoot with Tanya Tate oh, there we go so if I did shout you out today Kevin Scott hit me up with your full name and address and i will send you a thank you sign thank you photo for your show of appreciation because i did like the speakpipe voice notes today they didn't let me down and if you are listening to the podcast on apple amazon audible and are inspired by any of the words that you hear be sure to leave me a written review and give me five stars and you can also give me a five star rating on spotify and i do check and i do shout them out in upcoming episodes so thank you guys. Keep the support coming in. Keep it going. I love hearing what you think about the show. And if you do get to talk to me one-on-one, you can get to call or video chat with me. You can do it on my premium social media platforms, sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. And we can get to chat one-on-one over there. You can follow me on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate. TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube. I can see all my official links, including my premium social media, on my Linktree. Just search Linktree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. Remember, if you don't see it on Linktree, it's not me. Don't fall for the fakes. So if you want to be the first to see the podcast, you can do that on patreon.com slash Tanya So Patreon members also get to see exclusively me reveal in advance the episodes, what the guests are they're going to be treated to little clips that may be too raunchy for the final cut of the video or not safe for work enough if you join my highest tier you do get shout outs so this episode shout out of appreciation for being a top level member goes to jessica ryan thank you jessica for being so supportive of a fellow content creator you can follow her on twitter at love jessica ryan And another shout-out goes to Caller69, who upgraded their Patreon membership from early access to level up. Thank you, Caller69. And from your comments and feedback, I know that you're enjoying getting to see everything before anyone else does. So thank you, Jessica Ryan and Caller69 for today's shout-outs. And you too can get a shout-out by supporting the podcast and becoming a top-level member of my Patreon. Get on that top tier, you know what's good for you. This is tiny Tate. Remember, chaos brings great change. Do not be fearful. You are worthy of your desires in health, wealth and happiness. Now get out there and go build your bank.